0: This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio.
1: It's a Wednesday edition of the PFT PM Podcast, one that I actually thought about not doing today, but then I realized after some developments this afternoon, unrelated to Jerry Jones' affinity for shoes, that there's news out there that is worth discussing. Aaron Rodgers, if you haven't heard, has a new contract. Teddy Bridgewater, if you haven't heard, has another new team. And we're going to break it up into two halves. Rodgers? then Bridgewater. So let's start with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He does indeed have a new contract as broken by James Jones, former Packers receiver. It is considered poor form to speculate on who the sources may be of members of the media. So I will not engage in such irresponsible speculation that James Jones got this information directly from Aaron Rodgers himself. You would think at least a phone call would be made. Hey, Aaron, I have some other unnamed source that's saying you have this new contract and it's worth this much money. Am I wrong? Regardless, he's not wrong. It's a four-year extension, and it's worth $33.5 million per year in new money. We've just been down this new money rabbit hole with Odell Beckham Jr., the difference between new money and total value at signing. Aaron Rodgers had two years left on his prior contract. When you put what he was due to make With what he will make, and you slap it together, it becomes a six-year, $176 million deal, which isn't bad, right? I think he'll be okay. If he invests wisely, he probably will have enough money for himself and a generation or five of Roger's progeny. Some details about the contract itself. Which I obtained from a source with knowledge of the deal who is not Aaron Rodgers. I will not disclose my sources, but I can tell you this the following information did not come from Mr. Aaron Rodgers. How about a signing bonus of fifty-seven point five million? That's a record by seven and a half million. Last year Matthew Stafford got fifty, Aaron Rodgers, fifty-seven point five and that's the best kind of guaranteed money because you get it right now. You have it now. You don't have to wait, you don't have to be under contract. Any time in the future. Now, if you retire prematurely, you have to pay some of it back. And who knows? Maybe he retires prematurely and he may have to pay some of it back. We went down that road with Ben Roethlisberger last year when he was talking about retiring. And he would have owed $18 million if he had before the 2017 season. But $57.5 million to sign. Uncle Sam's going to get his cut. The state of Wisconsin's going to get their cut. So he's not like he's walking out of there with $57.5 million. But again, I think it will be fine. Through the end of the season, he will have made $66.9 million. And here's the kicker. By next March, $80.8 million will have been paid out or at a minimum earned by Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes there's deferred compensation in there. But he will have earned from the Green Bay Packers a publicly traded corporation, which clearly has the money to afford this specific obligation, $80.8 million through March of next year and it does work out to 176 through 6 years 103 million through the first 3 years of the deal which if my math is correct and it rarely is you got a little front loading here you got 103 for the first 3 years 73 for the final 3 years and i'm going to need the assistance of my calculator just so i get this right i should be able to figure it out 73 divided by 3 is 24.3 million a far cry from the 33.5 million total average. So, he's making a lot of money over the first 3 years. Let's do 103 divided by 3. That's 30 That can't be right. 103 divided by 3, that's 34.3. 76 divided by 3 is 25.3. The 4-year average is 35, something like that. I don't know. Just hey. See, this is what happens when you do math. You get it all screwed up. Bottom line is he's getting 103 over the first three years, 73 over the last three. So when we get to the final three years, if he's still playing at a high level, there's a chance he's going to feel like Julio Jones. And what happened with Julio Jones this year? He looked at the final three years of a six-year contract and said, I'm getting screwed. Well, no, you screwed yourself because you agreed to the contract, and now we're at the point where you've made the front-loaded portion, and now you're on the back nine or the back three, as the case may be, and you're realizing you got screwed. No. No. This is the deal you agreed to. This is what you're making. And there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers may not be thrilled with his contract when we get to the point that he is making those final three years of the, of the deal that he now has signed that, again, will take him through 2023. Now, a couple of things real quick. This isn't a record-shattering deal. It's a record-setting deal. 33.5 million is three and a half million more per year than Matt Ryan. That moves the bar north. But it's not so far north that at some point in the next four or five years, someone won't pass it, especially in new money, that fictional assessment of what a deal is worth. When it comes down to total value, he's at 29.3, and that's not much more than Matt Ryan's total value of 28.2, which wasn't much more than Kirk Cousins' 28. And that's what's important here, Kirk Cousins. 28 million fully guaranteed over three years. That's $84 million. I know because I've previously done that math. $84 million over three years. Now, Aaron Rodgers is going to make $103. He's making $19 million more over the next three years. But, but, remember that's $73 on the back end. And remember Kirk Cousins going back to the open market and the way that the Vikings have structured this deal. And w- there's either a no franchise tag clause in there, and as a practical matter, It will be impossible to transition tag him. Whatever the case may be, the way the Cousins deal is structured, he's going back to the market in three years. So he'll have 84 in hand, and when you look at the base deal of 176, he needs 92 million over the next three years once he hits the open market again. And when you consider the Jets offered him 90 million over three, and he said no, the salary cap's going to go up, the market's going to go up, if Cousins continues to play at an acceptable level not even a top 5 or top 10 level just acceptable he's going to get 92 million over the next 3 years so i think there's a very good chance that Kirk Cousins ends up making more than 176 over the next 6 years which means that Aaron Rodgers left money on the table left meat on the bone and that's fine that's his prerogative but when we heard all these rumblings about having flexibility and different ways and creativity and things that can be done versus the meat and potatoes approach that the Packers like to take, meat and potatoes won the day here. There's nothing creative. There's nothing that protects Aaron Rodgers. It pays him a load of money. But there's a chance that Kirk Cousins, who doesn't even belong in the same sentence as Aaron Rodgers from a talent and accomplishment standpoint. Sorry, Kirk, but you, you, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk knows I mean, really, what's he going to say? I'm as good as Aaron Rodgers? Come on. We 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 all know. But he may make more over the next six years than Aaron Rodgers because of the fact that he will go back to the market in three years. And it's a lot like the Sammy Watkins-Odell Beckham Jr. situation. Beckham's under contract for six, Watkins for three, Watkins goes back to the market. Watkins may make more over the next six years than Odell Beckham Jr. will earn. All right. See what more we need to say about the Aaron Rodgers. Contract situation. I may answer a few questions. I may think of a few more details while responding to some of the things that folks had to ask. As cultivated by Matt Casey. This one comes from At The Real 4 Did the Packers put themselves in a situation where Rodgers needs to carry the team on his back in order to win a Super Bowl with this deal? I, I don't think so. I don't think the cap numbers are going to be that ridiculously out of whack. I mean, he should be making $40 million a year. He's not. There's money left. To pay other players. It will be very interesting to see whether or not they make a play for Khalil Mack. Brian Gutekunst, the GM, keeps engaging in discussions about hypothetical scenarios involving hypothetical defensive players of the year who hypothetically may be available for a hypothetical trade. I'm told the Packers aren't serious suitors, though, for Khalil Mack, but they will have money to do other things. The question is, under Gutekunst, will they do those things that they never would have done under Ted Thompson. With the flexibility that they've picked up through this deal, even though it is a huge deal, a record deal, it's not so much of a record deal that it's going to tie the team's hands under the salary cap. Mike likes dirt. Looking at Cousins versus Rodgers, why don't more star players take shorter-term deals? Is it the agents, or has not enough time passed for the market to react to the beauty of the Cousins deal? Well, here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers committed through 2019, back in 2020. 13 so right now as the market has passed him by and he was eight million behind matt ryan per year in new money average he had to do a new deal he wanted to do a new deal and the problem is if you're two years away from the open market and as a practical matter he was four years away from the open market because two years of his current deal two years of the franchise tag it worked out to just under a hundred million over four years if you play that out right From the Packers' standpoint, that's a pretty good situation. Why are they going to do a three-year deal as of right now for Aaron Rodgers? And remember all the speculation about the Kirk Cousins contract that it would spark, as it relates to Aaron Rodgers, a fully guaranteed five-year contract or something like that? That's not the case. It's not the case. Aaron Rodgers did not hit the Grand Slam home run that many thought that he would based upon Kirk Cousins. And that, yet again, proves the value of getting to the market. That's how you get paid. You get to the market. Kirk Cousins got paid because he got to the market. Sammy Watkins got paid because he got to the market. We said earlier today on PFT Live he actually was rewarded for underachieving and not getting that fifth year option and not being a guy that a team would apply the franchise tag to. He goes to the open market, makes sixteen million a year on a three year deal, which I'll take over sixteen point four on a six year deal because it gets me back to the market. So get to the market, get to the market. And for Rodgers, he had four years before we would have gotten to the market. And he could have done that. But look what he traded in. See, what did he get? He would have made about hundred million, maybe a little less over four years. He's going to make 103 over three. So he benefits from this structure. But let's mark this year, 2021, Odo Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear either one of them complain that they don't like their contracts because they signed them now knowing full well what they're going to be paid, 21, 22, 23. And they're smart enough, I think, to realize that guys lesser than them are going to be making more money relative to what they're making now. And it's going to look like they're being grossly underpaid. But they're the ones who agreed to these long-term contracts when they could have done the Kirk Cousins thing. Beckham three years, Rodgers four years. They could have gone year to year and then really hit... The jackpot, the question for Rodgers four years from now, when he's 38, 39, what could he have gotten? So I think for him, contract number two or three, he had his rookie contract in two, this is number three. Rookie contract, 05, first extension, 08, another one in 2013, and here we are with his fourth contract, and this one the biggest by far. J-Train 33, how much cap space did the Rodgers deal free up, if any, details aren't known or if any of full details aren't known and will it be enough to get mac happy enough to consent to a trade yeah i don't think they're in the mac, the calino mac business i don't have the cap number but when you're looking at a signing bonus of 57 million that's going to push i assume a 5 year uh, spread let's assume 5 year for these purposes divided by 5 that's 11 and a half a year that means they're pushing like f- $46, Forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven million into future years. So, you know, I don't know how. I I bet the cap number is going to be significantly lower for this year. But again, the cap. I'm not worried about cap dollars. There's a there's enough ways to come up with creative contract structures that that you can find a way to make the cap work. If they wanted Khalil Mack and he wanted them, and they were able to work it out and do the trade and everything to make him happy financially, they, they'd work it out. And I do think that there's going to be a cap benefit for the Packers. But, you know, so what? If you don't spend the money, it carries over to next year, and it carries over, and it carries over, and eventually you spend as much as you want to spend. All right. The Impact 99 has a question. Now that the Rodgers deal is done, what is the next quarterback deal to be done, and do they eclipse Aaron Rodgers? You know, I typically do a story, and I will be doing one after the podcast today, on who's next to be paid. Ben Roethlisberger deserves to be paid. Ben Rothersberger deserves a new deal. He's got two years left on his current contract. He has not been agitating for another contract, but he is definitely a guy. Now that Rodgers has been paid, I think we have to look at the situation and say Aaron Rodgers with a deal done puts Ben Rothersberger on deck. And let me see what I can find here. I have a story that I update from time to time when the, when the, uh, when the contracts are done for new players all right, here we go. I found the. Uh, I stumbled around verbally long enough to find the the article. We have Kirk Cousins been paid. Matt Ryan's been paid. Case Keenum's got his contract. All these other guys are out there. N- Nick Foles next year. He's not going to get. He's, he's he's even if he's the Super Bowl MVP again. He's not getting anything close to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh here. Oh oh. How could I forget? How could I forget? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson may be the next Kirk Cousins in that Russell Wilson may play out the next two years of his contract and go franchise tag in order to put maximum leverage and pressure on the Seahawks, especially now that the Seahawks are clearly building the team around him. And they would be wise right now to go to him and offer him something close to Aaron Rodgers. You heard Chris Sims on PFT Live earlier this week say that Rodgers is essentially 1A and Russell Wilson is 1B. When it comes to his quarterback ranking. Was that this week or last week? It all kind of blends together. I think it was last week. Nevertheless, Russell Wilson is going to be the next guy. Who possibly will eclipse Aaron Rodgers. Especially if he keeps playing at a high level. And if the Seahawks don't sign him to a new deal. He could force his way onto the open market. And he could be the guy who resets the bar for everyone. And the way it was explained to me earlier this year. That's what Wilson currently plans to do. Go year to year and make the franchise tag money in 2020 and 2021 and force the Seahawks to decide whether to let him hit the market or give him the 44% raise. That's going to be the centerpiece of the story that I write after I'm done here that looks at who's next. Yes, Roethlisberger is at a point where he needs one. Wilson, 29 years old, wants to play until he's 45. That's going to be the guy who's in a position to take the Aaron Rodgers bar and nudge it even higher. Other quarterbacks to keep an eye on, Carson Wentz, will be eligible for a new contract after this year, Jared Goff. I don't know what Dak Prescott's going to get. My guess is he's not going to put his thumb on the scale with the Dallas Cowboys because he understands the value of being the quarterback of the team and how many opportunities that creates for endorsements and also waltzing right into a broadcast booth. you got three former Cowboys in prime broadcasting locations, and that star on the helmet surely has something to do with it. So Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and others to be determined. Fittison Kane, with the ever-growing quarterback contracts and the market pushing every new deal to the biggest one ever, which team will be the first to be burned by a large contract for a quarterback? I don't know, maybe the Vikings with $28 million over three years to Kirk Cousins and you're getting three years out of them. Think of it this way. Right. This year is kind of the breaking in period. All right. That's year one. Next year's year two. Then they finally start to hit a groove in year three. He's in a contract year and he's hitting the open market. You can have all these questions in 2020 for what Kirk Cousins future is going to be. And if the Vikings are smart, if they like what they see over the first two years, they just extend him and be done with it. But I think there's a chance they're not going to be all that thrilled plunking down twenty eight million over three years for Cousins when they could have kept Case Keenum for 18. They could have kept Sam Bradford, not that they should have. And they could have kept the guy that is going to be the focal point of the balance of today's edition of the PFTPM podcast, and his name is Teddy Bridgewater. But before that, a message from our friends At FanDuel, the NFL season is upon us, and FanDuel has more ways to win than ever before. New beat-the-score contests pay out everyone who hits a certain score. No more worrying about how other players are doing. Just hit the score and win. Also new for this NFL season, FanDuel's got the biggest ever free NFL Survivor Contest. Pick one team every week. Make it through the season for a chance at the $250,000 prize. New players, try FanDuel today and get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash PFT. All right, Teddy Bridgewater. Former Vikings quarterback, first rounder, had that horrific knee injury a couple of years ago, possibly almost to the day. I think, like, tomorrow or Thursday is to the day. Finished his contract with the Vikings. They didn't try to keep him around. The Jets signed him after a lot of the other seats had been filled. The contract he signed was one year, $6 million with the Jets. The Jets making no secret of their willingness to trade Teddy Bridgewater. And I truly believe there was tension in the organization. Coaching staff wanted Bridgewater. Front office wanted Sam Darnold. And I would love to know whether and to what extent Coach Todd Bowles gave his thumbs up to the trade of Teddy Bridgewater. There have been occasions. Now, more dysfunctional teams like the Chargers, when a backup quarterback was traded by the GM, A.J. Smith, without Marty Schottenheimer even knowing about it when he was the head coach, I think Cleo Lemon was the guy who was sent packing, and it was a big mess because they just they, they trade him, and Coach is the last one to find out. And I doubt that Todd Bowles was the last one to find out about the Teddy Bridgewater trade, but the bottom line is organizational decision to move the guy out who some on the coaching staff may have wanted to play. And the fact that the Saints have given up a third-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater and that one-year, $6 million deal, that tells me that they are going to carefully consider him to be the successor to Drew Brees. And what a story that would be if Sean Payton is able to transition from Brees into Teddy Bridgewater. And if Teddy Bridgewater can be the guy that the Vikings thought he was going to be a couple of years ago. And if Sean Payton can get him to the point where he masters the game the way that drew Brees has that could be something i was told earlier in the uh in the offseason and really at the outset of training camp that bridgewater wasn't thrilled with the idea of being traded somewhere else to be a backup he's okay with it in new orleans i'm told because of the ability to learn from drew Brees, to learn from sean payton and maybe become the guy next year and even if it doesn't work out if breeze decides to stick around bridgewater may have a better chance to go somewhere else and market himself as a potential starter because he will have had that experience and we've seen enough film from him in the preseason that i think teams would be interested in maybe adding teddy bridgewater in 2019 but i think it will be more advantageous to bridgewater if he gets a chance to play and and who knows maybe he will you never know when a guy's going to get injured now for the saints Beyond Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, this guy they really love. I mean, do they really love Taysom Hill if they're going to take a flyer on Teddy Bridgewater? Are they hedging their bets? They've got Taysom Hill and they've got Bridgewater, and they can decide which of the two is going to hang around for 2019 if and when Drew Brees moves on. And from Brees' perspective, if this is his last year, and who really knows at this point, I'd be surprised if it is. Giving up a future third-round pick to bring in your backup who may not even be on the roster next year, that would make me a little antsy. Anytime there's an established quarterback who's trying to win, when you start giving away first, second, third round picks for other quarterbacks, guys that aren't going to be around, that can become a potential problem in the mind of the quarterback who may have in his head the idea that he's going to be around more than just another year. And Sam Darnold for the New York Jets will reportedly be the starter week one, which isn't a surprise because it really felt like it was going to be Bridgewater or Darnold with Bridgewater out. Josh McCown or Darnold? I guess it could be Josh McCown, but I don't think you give up Teddy Bridgewater unless you're confident that Darnold's your guy, and I think Darnold is the guy, and we'll see what happens for the New York Jets. They've got that opening game Monday night of week one against the Detroit Lions, and it sure looks like it's going to be Sam Darnold, but there's still a chance, I suppose, it could be the veteran Josh McCown. Terry Gensler asks, is this Drew Brees' final season? I don't know that... that that decision has been made. I don't know that, that that decision, if it's been made, has been communicated to anyone. I think Drew Brees quietly may be in position to play even longer than Tom Brady does. You never hear any of the public discussion or angst or willie or wony and is his wife pressuring him to retire and can he continue to defy time? Brees just goes about his business. I mean, think about it. For a guy like Tom Brady who seems to be the epitome of it's all about the team. It's all about helping the organization win games. It's not about me. this late career, and I know a lot of it is the questions are being thrown upon him, and he has to answer them when they're asked. I mean you know we hear that all the time. hey, I'm just answering a question. But the question' never posed to Drew Brees. Is it ever? I mean, Drew Brees has a Super Bowl win. Drew Brees is one of the all-time great quarterbacks in NFL history. Why isn't he constantly addressing his future the way Brady is? And I think part of it is that it just Brady with the 5 Super Bowls with that title of greatest of all time, I think he just finds himself in the crosshairs and also with the supermodel wife and the the high-profile lifestyle and everything that goes along with it and creating this TB12 brand, it's just a more natural discussion point for him than it would be for Breeze. But I'm curious, Drew Brees, and I'm sure he's going to be asked this, is this your last year? How long do you want to play? And Breeze has never said 10 more years like Brady used to say. He's never said 45. He finds a way to handle it without putting a specific expiration date on his career. On Tour Forever wants to know whether Bridgewater the Saints makes sense. JT Barrett is a lot more like Breeze than Bridgewater ever will be. Well, it's not a matter of finding another Drew Brees. It's a matter of finding a quarterback that you can tailor the offense to. And Bridgewater was showing a lot of promise in 2015 with the Vikings. I know he's never had a great year from the standpoint of a lot of touchdown passes, and they were hoping that he could develop better deep ball accuracy. I was a firm believer that the presence of Adrian Peterson actually kept Teddy Bridgewater from becoming as good as he could be because that offense revolved around Peterson and it was run the ball run the ball run the ball run the ball and it was rare that Teddy Bridgewater was asked to go out and win games and we saw him in a couple of occasions there was a late season game a couple of years ago against the Cardinals 2015 a Thursday night game where Bridgewater drove the team down the field with a chance to force overtime and that playoff game against the Seahawks the one that Blair Walsh missed the 27 yard field goal to end that's one that Bridgewater drove the team down the field season on the line that was the last time he played in a meaningful role for the Vikings and I think that that uh, the Saints surely see something you would not be giving up a third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater right now if you didn't see something and also I don't think the Saints pulled the trigger on Bridgewater unless there's somebody else out there who was thinking about giving up a fourth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater and that's kind of the untold story here that I'm going to try to get to the bottom of as soon as we're done is there another team that was seriously interested in Bridgewater, and is that why the Saints coughed up a three right now to get it done? Speaking of getting things done, we're done. I wanted to make sure we did this today. I wanted to focus on the most important news of the day. Quarterback day in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers' new contract. Teddy Bridgewater, new team, new season, just eight days away. Tomorrow there may not be a PFTPM podcast, but on Friday, Mark Leibovich, author of Big Game we're posting some of the nuggets that we have mined from that book, some of which are funny, some of which are, I don't know what word to use, but Jerry Jones and his days as a shoe salesman, you will never think of Jones and shoes the same way again. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. Check out the post at PFT and check out the, the book, Big Game, and you'll hear from Levivich on Friday. Tomorrow, PFT Live, Chris Sims in again with me, and I'm sure he'll be having plenty to say. He's very happy that on his birthday, Aaron Rodgers signed his new contract, although I think Rodgers got a better gift than anything. Chris Sims is going to open on Wednesday night because uh, $57.5 million, tough gift to overcome. All right, thanks again for your time. We'll see you back here again later in the week.
0: You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?